Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. This is your host, Dapper Data. Uh, we've talked a lot about a lot of things regarding data, right? We have we have gone deep, deep, deep into the analytics of data. We've gone high level, right? We've t- we've scratched the surface where we've where we've talked about how people use data in their everyday lives. But today, you know, we're going to get into the marketing aspect, okay? And hopefully, by the end of this, uh, we can help you understand why your marketing needs to be data driven, all right? And that's very important. Okay, so I brought a special guest on and I'll get to this person in a second. But in this day and age, we have to understand there's no excuse for not knowing what your customers want. All right. It's really important to understand that back in the day, right, you had mass untargeted broadcasting and all that good stuff. Right. <laughs> but, but now there now there is a wide variety of tools out there, right, to be able to help you out with your marketing campaigns. And a lot of that is 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 driven because of the data so i want to bring on a special guest his name is tim fitzpatrick all right say what's up tim hey hey, how are you bobby thanks for having me man yeah yeah, no problem and so tim is an entrepreneur slash business owner with expertise in marketing and business growth okay and he'll he's going to explain to you how he is using data he's using data to help some help a lot of uh, marketing entrepreneurs out there make data-driven decisions he's had 20 years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. He started Rialto Marketing in 2013 and has been helping service businesses simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. And that's important. Okay. So for me, that's that's a big thing for me because uh, the businesses that I, the clients that I have, a lot of times they're stressed out. They're trying to figure out who are the demographics and all that good stuff, right? They're spending years and years of time trying to market it all over the place, right? Creating ads and all this good stuff, but they're probably not using data to find it. And uh, I can't wait to hear what uh, Tim has to has to tell us about this. You know? So thanks a lot, Tim, for being on. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure, thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. I so I um, I'll give you the cliff note version of my professional career, right? I When I graduated from college, I was a math major, had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. But my dad had been an entrepreneur for a long time. He was a manufacturer's rep, and he had started a distribution company a few years before that. So when I graduated, you know, I said, hey, look, there's you. I know you need somebody in the distribution company. There was no full-time employees at that point. Um, you know, let me help you out for the, for the summer while I figure out where I'm going to land. And he was like, sure. Well, three months later, like that was all she wrote, man. I was, I was hooked. I loved it. Um, but I was doing, I was doing everything, man. I was shipping, I was receiving accounts, receivable <laughs> sales, marketing, right? Uh, which hat was I going to wear at any given point throughout the day? But I loved it. Um, I ended up, I, I ran the company on a day-to-day basis. Um, it worked really well because my dad gave me a lot of autonomy. He trusted me, but he was there from a strategic and a guidance perspective. Um, we grew that company for nine years, about 60% a year. uh, And then Mm -hmm. we sold it. Um, after that, I got involved in residential real estate. I was a realtor for about two and a half, three years. Mm -hmm. I hated it. Uh, and I reached a point where I was like, every day I woke up, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do this again. Why? Right. So if you're going to, if you're not going to enjoy your business, what the hell's the point? Right. Right, So at that point I decided to shift gears 
And that's when I got involved in marketing, which is what I'm doing today. And, uh, you know, we, as you mentioned, we primarily work with service-based businesses. What we find with, with marketing is so many people are just battling information overload there as a result, they're not sure what that next step should be to get where they want to go. So we help people create, implement, and manage a marketing plan to communicate the right message to the right people so they can build results that last, which is what we all want from our marketing. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, thanks, Tim, man. That, that's very interesting, especially coming from a math major, you know, uh, yeah. that, that transition, you know, that probably wows a lot of people when they hear that from you, you know. Um, the, when I think about uh, uh, what you said, you know, what you're doing now with, with your company, uh, is, is interesting because, you know, I know data plays a, a big part in it. And when you think about data, right, trying to find that target market and ideal client, you know, how do you suppose you help people do that? How do you suppose you, you do something like that? Yeah. So it's, I, you know, <clears throat> the first place to really start honing in on your ideal clients, mm -hmm. the easiest place is to start with your existing and your past customer base. Like why, Ryan, why invent the wheel? Some of what you've been doing is already working. Look in your existing and past customer base. And the easiest place to start is to ask yourself three questions. Who do we love working with? Like, why do you want to be in business and work with people that make your life miserable? Two, who are our most profitable clients? If we're going to stay in business, we have to make money. There's nothing wrong with making money. And three, who do we get great results for? If we ask ourselves those three questions, we have a subset of our existing and past customer base that we, we love working with, they're profitable, mm -hmm. and we get great results. Like, why would you not want to continue to attract and work with those types of people? Right, right. When you, when you have that, that subgroup, that's when you start to dig deeper to look at the data in a little bit more detail. And mm. when you look at the data that I like to look at with ideal clients is, the, is threefold. One is the demographics, right? Which is the actual numbers, age range. You know, do they have, do they live in specific areas? Do they make a certain amount of money? You know, what are the attributes? of those people. And, yeah. you know, the demographics are going to, are going to vary slightly depending on whether you're talking about business to consumer or business to business, but mm -hmm. the demographics start to give you an idea of who this person, what this person is like. Right. Right. Then now the second aspect of this is the psychographics. The psychographic is where we start to get in their head. What are their, what are their thoughts, their, their feelings, the, the results, the goals that they have, the results they're looking for, the problems that they have, right? The psychographics are super important from a marketing perspective because that can really help determine what you need to say from a messaging perspective. Mm -hmm. It's helping you start to really understand and enter the conversations that your ideal clients are having in their head as it relates to what, they, what you do. The demographics, in my opinion, are equally, if not more important than the demographics. You can certainly have, I mean, you can have a ton of demographics. I think you probably want to err on the side of less is more here and focus on the really important aspects. Mm -hmm. um, but the third element there is, is their behaviors. Like, mm -hmm. what, are, what are they like? Uh, how do they make buying decisions? What, what, what do they enjoy? Do they have certain kinds of, of hobbies? 
you know, all of these things help you start to get to know and paint this picture of who these ideal clients are. So right. when we have that subgroup and we look at the demographics, the psychographics and their behaviors, inevitably what happens is some, some subgroups from that with similar commonalities comes to the, come to the surface. And mm. that's where you can start to identify your ideal clients. It's a super no, no. easy place to start. No, no, that that's that's awesome. I'm actually you broke it down. I mean, to a T, you know. And it's it's crazy because you know the one thing I focused on a lot was demographics, but I never thought about and behavior. But I never thought about the psychographics, right? You know, that results. You know, like what are they looking for from that standpoint? And um, you know, that's amazing. I definitely jotted that down in my notes. And I even it started making me think about um, companies like Target, right? Target. They sit there and, uh, you know, they have certain items or other stores that are similar to Target. They have certain items that are found in more common areas or region than others, right? You know, because yep. maybe uh, uh, they have uh, maybe the, the the older age range is, is common over in this area, right? Or you have the younger age range in this area or even ethnicity or gender, right? Or something like that. Or... Yep. You know, getting uh, what's that story? It's a story about Target one time where they were they were collecting data, and um and and I guess they're able to tell you tell if you're pregnant or not. You know, <laughs> you're you're researching stuff, um, you know, online, right? You're researching all these things online, right? So it was a girl who's researching all of these different things online. Uh, she was probably about 17 years old, right? so she was very young, and and she started receiving a bunch of emails, right, from Target, yeah. and so dad was like, oh, man, you know, why are you sending my daughter all these emails, you know, about pregnancy, this and that, you know, and they're like, you know, your daughter's <laughs> pregnant. You know? So that's how he found out that the daughter was pregnant because the because of all that. So that's amazing that the marketing even goes to that aspect, like you said, you know. So, so do you see that a lot with, uh, with clients and customers, you know, where they're lacking any of those things? When you think about oh, absolutely. I think the it's very common for us to say to target very broadly who we work with and for small businesses it is you can't target broadly you have to narrow that focus um, things become much clearer when you narrow your focus it's so much easier to execute and implement when you narrow your focus right you can't hit a target that you can't see and when uh, your target is too broad it's like who the hell am I trying to attract here? Right, um, so right. we have to go narrow um, with with who we're going to target and who we intend to work with. And that's amazing because I, I would have, I think before I got into uh, data science, data industry and started getting some clients under my belt, I actually thought the opposite, right? You know, I was, and probably every other client that you had, they probably think the opposite as well. They're like, man, I'm missing out on something if I don't go broad, right? The broader right. I go, you know, there it go, you know, but they don't have that niche. They don't have that unique target, that that narrow down aspect. And uh, I can see how that is the mindset of majority of the people that you deal with. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in, you know, the that the biggest roadblock is what you just mentioned, where it's like, I if I go too narrow, if I go narrow, I'm going to miss out on all this opportunities. Mm -hmm. But that really the exact opposite is what ends up happening. Yeah, because yeah. what you say resonates so much better with the market that you're you that you focused on because you took the time to really understand what their problems are 
the results yeah. they're looking yeah. for. It makes it so much easier from a marketing perspective. Now you can expand from there and yeah. nothing is set in stone, right? You may try this and go, oh my God, this isn't working or I don't like working with these people and that's okay. Yeah. Nothing is nothing is set in stone. Um, and so I think that's where people, you know, they they run into that roadblock where they're like, oh my gosh, I decided to do this and I go down this path. I've, I'm stuck. And no, it's, right. no, you can switch. There's nothing right. saying you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen people switch all the time from one target to another, from one business to another, you know, they, they start down this path and they say, this is the right thing I want to deal with regarding data science. And then, yep. you know, you're now and they say, oh, that really wasn't what I want to do. You know, I'm going to fi uh, find a focus here, you know, you know, it's like, Bobby, if you if you think about think about Amazon, like Amazon is a perfect example that we are, we, we all know about. They, they're involved in like darn near everything at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they didn't start out that way. They uh -huh. initially start out and they were an online bookseller. I mean, Book that's it. <laughs> and they nailed that niche. And once they nailed that niche, then they started to expand out and to, and to do what they they do now. And but they didn't start out that way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. You know, understanding that story that Amazon had, because a lot of times look at Amazon and say, I want to be like Amazon. But you have to start off, you know, in a specific niche, you know, before you decide to grow to some of this big thing, you know, where, where, you're, where you're capturing all of the audiences. Right. And honestly, a lot of people look for uniqueness right nowadays. I, I, I've seen a lot of times they say, look, I, I know that you if you specialize in this one area, you must be really good at it because all yes. you do is study that. Right. Yeah. So why would I not go there before I go to somebody that says I can do all 10, 20 things? Right. You know, one yeah. time. it's like you don't go you don't go to your general practitioner for knee surgery. Right. You go to an orthopedic right. surgeon <laughs> that knows what the hell they're doing, that does it day in, day out. Right. right. So there is a huge benefit in being seen as a specialist and an mm -hmm. expert in that particular field. Right. 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 All right. So so we talked a little bit about, you know, what you do from the service standpoint and 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 we and we go a little deeper from there. But, you know, at a high level, right, you know, a lot of times um, uh, well, actually, let's dive even deeper. Right. You know, a lot of times uh, people talk about data just as this broad term. I want to capture everything that is in that I can capture and then I go from there. Right. Yeah. But what data really matters, right? You know, you've been focusing on that. You know, what data really matters when when capturing it? So that I'm gonna we're gonna we'll keep this high level and very general, um, because with marketing there is so much data, but so much of it just doesn't matter. Like, right. for example, and I call them vanity metrics. Like, I don't really care how many followers you have on Instagram or how many people are on your email list. If you're not generating leads that are turning to customers, then who cares? Like there are tons of broke influencers. Online, <laughs> okay. Tons um, of them. So let's, can we get really deep with the analytics? Yes, we can. But I think it's best to start with a few and then you can branch out from there and start to get more sophisticated and, and start to collect more information that can inform you even more so that you can make better and better decisions. But at its basic level, what do we need to know? Uh, and this is primarily, I'm talking about like service-based businesses, right? If you're selling products, it's going to be a little bit different, but for a service-based business, 
You need to know how many leads you're generating every month. You need to define what a lead is. Leads are maybe defined slightly differently depending on what business you're in. But for example, in my business, if somebody signs up for our email list, that is not a lead. If somebody right. raises their hand and says, hey, I would like to schedule a free consultation, they become a lead. Okay. So we've defined what a lead is. We're tracking how many leads we're generating. The next thing we need to track is the lead source. All these leads that are coming in, where are they coming from? How are, th how are they finding us? How are they coming into our world? Tracking lead source is going to tell us the various marketing channels that we're using, which ones are generating leads. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is how many of those leads are becoming customers? That tells us how many leads it takes to convert to a new customer. Yeah. Now, these are simple metrics, but they are metrics that a lot of businesses aren't really tracking. Right. So let's start there. You, you're going to have some very actionable data from that. You're going to have a general idea of the marketing channels you're using that are generating leads each month. You're going to know how many, what your conversion rate is, how many leads do I need to get a new customer? Super important. Once you have those things in place, then you can start to get a little bit more sophisticated or advanced, whatever, however you want to refer to it. I think the next numbers that make the most sense to really understand lifetime value of a customer, really mm -hmm. important. A lot of people look at it and go, yeah, well, I just sold this particular customer. I sold, they spent five grand or whatever it is. Okay, that's great. But do your customers buy just once? In some, mm. industry, in some industries, they do, right? Um, I get a roof. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a homeowner. I just bought a roof. Like, I sh unless something happens, I shouldn't be needing another roof for another 25, 30 years, right? But there are other industries where that's, that first sale is not the only sale. They come back. How often mm. do they come back? How long do they come back? The lifetime value of that customer is really important to understand because that has a huge bearing on how much we can actually pay to acquire a customer, right? Right, 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 right. I got you. Yeah. Which then goes to the next bit of data, which is how much does it cost you to acquire a customer? Oh, that's like if you understand, <laughs> right? If you understand how much it costs you to acquire a customer and the lifetime value, then you can start to look at these the activities that you're taking from a marketing perspective to go, does this make sense? Right. If it's costing you more to acquire a customer than the lifetime value of that customer in a given marketing channel, well, that's a problem, right? You're, you're yeah. not going to stay in business very long. So, yeah. I mean, even just talking about these five metrics, a lot of actionable data that you can get from that. Now, are you going to, track other metrics? Sure. As you start to expand into other marketing channels, there are, there's other things you may want to track specific to that activity, but at a high level, like most people have no, most people do not know those numbers I just talked about. You are absolutely right. I mean, I don't even think I knew those numbers with my business, you know, like completely, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, man, you know, I, but, but, you know, it's, 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 it's those, those numbers, you said those are basic, right? When we look at, I mean, you've seen it, Google Analytics, right? I mean, oh my goodness, that might be, it could be very overwhelming to somebody 
when you look at all of the things it tracks, right? All of the metrics yes. there. And you think, oh man, everything is important, right? But when you take out of it, you get those five things from there. And I mean, you can run with that, right? You know, but sure. it can be overwhelming for sure looking at some of these tools, right? Half of the time with all the metrics it's collecting for you. Yeah. It's I mean, honestly, Bobby, you could you could most businesses could use track some of these things on a Google sheet. I mean, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. does not have to be difficult. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Frankly, when we when we overcomplicate things, we like track too many things that don't make a difference. Right. It's complexity is the enemy of results. It gets in the way of actually implementing and executing and being able to use what we're doing. So start simple. And frankly, I mean, it's hard. In a lot of cases, it's very easy to overcomplicate things. Uh, what's there's a quote from Leonardo da Vinci is simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. It's sometimes boiling things down to their simplest base is not an easy thing to do, but if we can do that, it does make our jobs a lot easier. No, no, I mean, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense, man. So, so now that we're diving, uh, you know, into that part, I mean, figuring out what data is really important, you know, um. How do we use the data that we're gathering to understand what's working and not? You know, when you, I, I know you broke down, you know, those five things, right? If we were to take those five things or, or you, however you would explain it, right? You know, yeah. a lot of times we don't understand sort of the the why we would use these these specific metrics, right? You yeah. know, why is that important to me? You know, how do I how do I understand? You know, oh, this is working for me, and then how do I understand right. this ad is working for me, right? You know, and how do I understand this? Oh, this target audience or ad is not working for me. You know, do you have do you kind of uh, have an idea of that? So let's go back to what lead source. Mm -hmm. Tracking lead source is going to tell you whether specific marketing channels are actually generating leads. So you, okay. in this example, let's just look at this and just say, let's just say that. Um, I generated 20 leads last month and 15 of them came from referral and five were from past clients. Mm. And I start, I'm tracking this month after month after month and it's, it's consistent, right? Like 75% of my leads are coming from referral and 25% are coming from past customers. And I've been spending a ton of time on social media. He's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay. Um, now, does that mean that social media doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Right. It just means that what I'm currently doing on social media is not working. So mm -hmm. I could take that information and go, okay, referrals working for our business. Mm -hmm. First off, from a marketing standpoint, the lowest hanging fruit is to optimize what is already working. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to want to look at, okay, referrals are working. Is our referral process totally dialed in? Or mm -hmm. are there things that we could do more of in our referral process? Or are there gaps that we have that we need to fill? And if we do that, we're going to get even more referrals. Right. So you're awesome. putting more energy into that, the referral side now. Pretend that's one option, right? Because I want to make sure I know what's working. Let's maximize what's working. Okay. Right? I know that I'm getting stuff from repeat um, from past customers. Cool. 
do I have that Mac? Do I have that process optimized? Right? Mm. How am I getting repeat business? How am I upselling? Right? And let's optimize that. And then we can start to look at, okay, well, gosh, man, I've been spending a lot of time on social media and it's not generating any leads. Mm-hmm. Now, now we can start to dig into that. And that's where we may start to look at some of the specific data to social media, but we also may look at like, what are we doing on social media? What kind of content are we putting out there? Is our social media plan what it should be? And if, if it's not, then maybe we need to make some course corrections there to see if we can improve that and start to generate leads from that, right? It's too many people with marketing are impatient. Like they try something for 30 days or 60 days and they're like, ah, I tried that, didn't work. Yeah, I got news for you. 30 days, 60 days is not long enough. Marketing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. So if you're going to do things and you're not willing to, to invest and give it the time it needs, then nothing's going to work. You're always going to be in that pattern of tried it, didn't work, moved on to the next thing. So just because something's not working doesn't mean that it, that it won't work for you in the future. We just have to look at what you're doing and then testing, right? Marketing is about testing. Nobody is right 100% of the time. We can take things that have worked in the past, frameworks, systems, but man, things change. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give you a perfect example, okay? And I'm not working with this, this, um, this client at this point, but somebody reached out to me about three weeks ago. They are a franchisee uh, for a franchise. And they're, they're not happy with what's going on with their marketing. And, you know, they're investing, they're doing some face, some social media, some Facebook ads. Well, in some markets, franchisees are generating tons of leads from the exact same thing. And in other markets, they're doing the exact same thing and it's not working. Same business different markets, the market. Yeah. Right. Ideal clients are, are similar, right there, but because they're in different markets, they may have the psychographics of those people may be slightly different, right? Their behaviors Mm -hmm. may be a little bit different and the message that they're putting out, the message they're putting out is the same, right? So we need to start looking at, Hey, where, where's the variables here? Right. The message is the same. It's working in one spot that it's and not the other. Where's the variable? The variable there is the market and the people within that market. So right. do we is is the message not right for the people in that market? Right, right. And and do so do you see yourself if somebody already decided, right? They had their market set, the demographics, everything set, and they're making progress, right? Um, based off of some of the data, right? Do you see ever see customers or clients where the data has changed, right? That market, the the client's mentality started to change based off of some news thing that happened, politics or something like that, right? COVID pandemic or something. And then you had to, they had to to do everything over again, right? Is Is it safe to say you need to constantly check all of that over and over again? That's a great question. And the answer is yes. Like none of this stuff is set in stone. Okay. Touched on that before you, even if you're cooking, right? Your, your markets, you, you're on top of your ideal clients. Your messaging is great. The plan that you have in place is working. 
you still need to kind of revisit your strategy every six to 12 months. I mean, if you have shifts in your business, you need to look at the strategy at the time of that shift, right? But even if things are cruising, it's still a good idea to go back and revisit what you've done to make sure that you're still on the right path. Man, man, yeah, man. I mean, you you shed so much light, you know, on the marketing game right now. You just dropped so much knowledge, you know, and I appreciate that, Tim, man, for jumping in here and joining yeah. us. Uh, so, so based off of all the knowledge, your years of experience, right, in this arena, what would you say are the top three marketing analytics tools that you would recommend out there? Sure. Uh, this is a loaded question, Bobby. So <laughs> there, uh, there are so many different analytics tools that are out there. In the beginning, I would encourage people to just keep it as simple as possible. You touched on Google Analytics. Google Analytics is a great tool for your website to track what's happening on your website. Uh, it's free. You just need you need to set it up and add the code to your website so that Google Analytics starts to track that data. There mm-hmm. is a wealth of data within Google Analytics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what I like to encourage people to do is set within Google Analytics. You can set up goals and conversions, so you can set up specific things. So like the path you want people to lead down. So for example, in my business, if I want people to get a free consultation, I can set up a goal conversion that says, hey, if people complete this step on our website, I want you to track that as a conversion. And if I have the right data, I can actually attach a dollar value to that. And say, hey, for every person that schedules a free consultation, it's worth X amount of money to my business at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I can, through Google Analytics, I can go, hey, I had this many goal conversions, which is going to amount to this much revenue for my business. All right, right. All so right. Google Analytics, great place to start to track data on your website, to track other data. You know, like I touched on leads, lead source and conversions. Man, I use a Google sheet for that. Or, you know, or an Excel sheet. There's so much that you can do. And I am not a Google sheet or Excel master, but there are people that are, man, you can create some amazing graphs, data sheets with that. So keep it simple at first. The other thing I would also say is some of the tools you may already be using within your business have built-in reports already. So if some of that data is going to really help you, Use some of that, and if you want to then transfer that over to a Google Sheet that tracks all the numbers that are important for you, man, start there before you yeah. get to before you overcomplicate it. Oh, no, great point. A lot of the tools that we use, I mean, I'm in podcasting, right? I mean, I'm gathering uh, all my podcast tools that I have. They already have a bunch of analytics that they're collecting, right? You know, if you're doing social media, you have of a business, right? You already have a bunch yeah. of stuff. Facebook from Instagram, right? Uh, they probably, I think the problem is sometimes they don't necessarily understand everything that's there, but you know, it's there, right? You know, you start yeah. there and then putting it in a central location, they have a lot of tools out there that allows you to pull all that together, right? Into one yeah. uh, uh, location. But, you know, man, that, that was awesome, man. I definitely jotted those down, you know, for our business. We're getting free business tips here, guys. So definitely <laughs> jot it down, you know? <laughs> you know, so we appreciate that time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like to, to end with a dope data nugget or gem, 
you know, and, and what I've learned from this is that uh, one quote that you mentioned, complexity is the enemy of results. So start simple, right? Simplicity is everything. And you know, you've even educated me on that from that uh, standpoint, you know, because a lot of times I dig so deep into the marketing aspect of things and realize I can just take it back right to the tools, right? The strategy and all that stuff is simplicity, you know, and uh, and it's not a, a, a it's not a marathon, right? I mean, it's a it's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint, right? Yes. You know, so uh, thank you for that. Is there anything that you want to share with the audience of last words? Uh, you know, I would just say we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I know some of this marketing stuff can get very overwhelming at times. Frankly, anything in our businesses can get overwhelming at times. One of the things that has always served me well, a mentor shared with me and, you know, he just said, focus on the next measurable step. What's that next small step I can take that's measurable so that I know once I've taken it, that I have completed it, man, breaking things down into the, into the small steps makes very large, complex things seem that much easier. Uh, And it gives us clarity on what the next thing is that we need to do. It outlines that priority. So I've always found that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. And as the audience knows, at the end, I'd like to play a quick little game called Overrated Underrated. Uh, I will ask the guest uh, a, a series of uh, questions. Really, it's just about seven topics or so. And and you get to choose whether it's overrated, underrated, or right where it needs to be. You can explain it a little bit, you know, your answer if you want. If not, that's fine. We'll keep it moving. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, man. Hit me. All right. Social media. Uh, right where it needs to be. Okay. Okay. Dancing. Oh man. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated? <laughs> Overrated. You're not a dancer, man. You're not a dancer. Yeah. Do I look like a dancer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Fast cars. Uh, overrated. Okay. Okay. I'm more, Love. I'm more of a truck SUV person. So oh, yeah. nothing that drives fast. And Denver, right? You're in Denver? I'm in Denver. Yeah. 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 Oh man. You know, you gotta, yeah, I don't even know if they, do they even have fast cars out there like that? Uh, there, yeah, there are some, um, okay. but yeah, there's definitely a lot more SUVs or, or at the very least all wheel drive cars. Okay. Okay. Snowboarding. Overrated. Okay. Okay. I'm a skier, uh, so I, you know. Okay. <laughs> of course, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. The Colorado Rockies. Uh, overrated. <laughs> I'm kinda, you, I'm, you see me going down this path. So, okay. So I'll explain that one. I am not. I am not much of a baseball person. So I uh, just. It's. I can't sit for long periods of time. Baseball is just. It's boring to me. So I. I tell you, that same thing with me a little bit. You know. Yeah. Are you a football person at all. I I I I can watch football. Um, okay. But dude, man, I don't I don't have live TV anymore, so I don't watch yeah, a lot of live sports. Stream it, stream it, man. You know. Yeah. All right, the last one, the cheeseburger. Underrated. Underrated. Oh, there yeah. we go. Underrated. <laughs> you finally caught me, man. Yeah, I, I'm always down for a good cheeseburger. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Tim. You know, an audience, thank you for being listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data. Tim, it's been a pleasure. Where can they reach you at if they want to get some more information? Uh, best place is our website, which is rialtomarketing.com. So that's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. Um, I've also got a free resource at growthmarketingplan.com. It, when they go there, they will see, they can opt in for our marketing plan kit. 
It's our 90-day marketing plan kit. 90, 90 days for planning is long enough to start seeing results, but it's not so complex that it makes things difficult to implement and execute. So the template we use for 90-day planning is there, sample plans. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an evolution index checklist, which helps people kind of look at, hey, based where are you at from mm -hmm. a marketing standpoint and what might you want to focus on next? So if they go to growthmarketingplan.com, they'll see that. All right. Great. Great. Well, well, thanks again, Tim. I appreciate it. You know, and audience, you know, you can reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of the social media platforms. And uh, I'll see you next time. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.